0: tales of a well-established lesbian chapter 13 I am an elder millennial to use the phrase coined by Eliza Schlesinger want to say fun fact We are called millennials because we would be heading into adulthood right around the millennium. As you recall, I turned 18 in the year 2000. And that means that us elder millennials are actually fast approaching 40. It also means we're one of the last few teenage generations to not have to deal with social media smartphones and the like, I think digital cameras had only really started making appearance towards the end of it. I mean, I remember those MS-DOS prompts back in the day in Carter 96, the encyclopedia CD-ROM that all of my homework got copied and pasted from. You know, I remember not getting a Nokia 3310 until I was 18 and the internet, when the internet came, it came screeching down the phone line. And you had to choose. You couldn't be on the internet and on the phone at the same time. You, know, you had to pick one. This was a whole new conflict point for teens and parents. Get off the internet, I want to use the phone. And it was all about the AOL chat rooms, good old MSM messenger, be right back. You know, ICQ chat. Oh, just, it's such a different time. And of course, generally speaking, the family computer, you know, was in a a public area in the house. In mine, it was in the study slash utility room slash weird bit by the back door of the house. You know, like next to the kitchen which makes it tricky to avoid your parents seeing the screen. And these were new skills to acquire. You know, I can't be sure of the accuracy of the following timelines, by the way. But I'm pretty certain I remember seeing an advert for GaydarGirls.com in Diva, the lesbian magazine, at some i And I'm, I'm sure I remember being in that little study... Checking it out well before I left for university, and so I want to say sometime around 2000. And I could be wrong. So if you were somebody who was who can actually remember when Gaydar Girls uh, came into being, let me know because I feel like I saw it before I left for university. Now, anyway, point is, Gaydar Girls was the sister and of course, poor relation of gaydar.com. This was like the first kind of proper dating site for gay men and it had GPS built in. Find who's around you and fuck them. It was pretty simple premise and it really played in uh, to what gay men wanted. It's very simple profiles and messages. Think Grinder, but make it Y2K. Now, from my personal experience, the girl site wasn't as cruisy. I mean, but I loved the chat rooms. You couldn't get more basic, just a list of names down one side and a forever rolling screen of text on the other side, more acronyms and abbreviations and asterisks than you could imagine. And the main chat room on gaydargirls.com was the lounge. And some nights it was almost impossible to keep up with the conversation. It just ripped past so quickly. And I kind of dipped in and out of gaydar while I was in a relationship with Rose. You now, a bit like lesbians tend to do with the, you know, the gay scene in the real world. And we couple up and we tend to disappear off the scene for a little while. Only to re-emerge when single once again. Speaking of which, back in chapter 12, I had become newly reacquainted with Singledon. Back to uni I went, albeit with my Ted Baker suit and my very stylish new pea coat, taking the edge off my sadness and hurt just a little bit. I mean at least I'd look good while feeling sad and I'll be honest with you I moped. I got home and I pretty much spent a full week sulking and wallowing in self-pity but good friends won't let you keep that up for too long and I was summoned out. Refusal was not an option and would have been ill-advised. My companion for the evening was Luke. He was a work buddy. We were in the shoe business together. And by that, I mean he was my supervisor at work at the shoe shop. He also happened to be gay. But more importantly, Luke is an undeniably good human. Like a literal heart of gold stuff. He was off running one of the Oxford Street stores that Saturday. So London drinks it was. And as you're all probably painfully aware, there aren't that many women or lesbian bars, clubs around. It was a little bit better back then, but still. Slim pickings for me compared to Luke, for example, who struggled to fit in all his favourite bars in a weekend. And more often than not, our London drinks, therefore, would be in a predominantly male gay bar. And there is nothing like sitting the wrong side of the bar, where the view is the propped open men's toilet door, with a very clear line of sight to the activity inside. Luke and I swapped seats pretty fast that night. Thankfully, tonight, Luke knew that a room full of cock was not going to cheer me up like it might have cheered him up. So after a few wind-down drinks, well-needed after a Saturday in retail on Oxford Street, Luke proposes that we head to the candy bar which was London's only full-time women's bar, started in around 1996. I mean, men were allowed in it, but only if accompanied by women. And Luke, Luke was willing to be accompanied this evening. Now, the candy bar was tiny, like a sliver of property just off Dean Street in Soho usually heaving at the weekends and getting pretty dead during the week. The decor for the longest time was a very, very aggressive pink. You could kind of perch in the window seat or crowd at the bar hoping to get off with the often very fit bar staff. You could head upstairs to the third floor that had just enough room for the lesbian bar essential, a pool table. I'm pretty sure the basement was the biggest bit with like a dance floor and there was definitely a pole. I remember a pole because I remember a number of excellent pole dancers at the candy bar. And I remember them well and fondly. Now Luke, Luke is the ideal person a wing person you on a night out and not because he's got great chat up lines or moves or anything else but because he is the kind of person who brings the best version of you out or he always seemed to with me he just made me feel so at ease with him and what do you know people find you much more attractive when you're confident uncomfortable in yourself and God knows it's not easy to create these feelings in yourself but make sure to notice those people that bring out the version of you that you like the most because that is the wing person you want with you. To say I rebounded would be putting it politely. Now, the candy bar was a nice little warm up. Resulted in a little number swap and a data range with a lovely girl called Felicity. We moved on to one of my favourite clubs, Ghetto. Never mind GAY at the Astoria. I loved the trashy little club behind it. The floor was sticky and it felt like even the walls were sweating on some nights. I heard it described in an article once like this. If you're from Vancouver, you can compare it to the Lotus. And if not, just think of it as that dive that always comes through with the greatest music and the best vibe of your life. Chances are, though, that your cornerstone club is not as cool as ghetto. I mean, I couldn't put it better myself, so I didn't. This particular Saturday night, I know I got down and dirty, like a good night out should. But my diary, oh yes, we still have that going on, tells me I specifically got down and dirty with Wendy and some girl from Holland. Clearly, I remembered her well. (coughs) The rebounding continued midweek. A quiet Wednesday evening drink session turned into going out-out and then home with Maria, who, for the record, I have noted was amazing, with two exclamation marks. Wendy didn't get any exclamation marks. That's all I'm saying about that. Now, my mum quite rudely interrupted my rebounding and took me on holiday for a week. I know, how dare she, how dare she. Just her and I, Mm, we'd never done this before. And oh my God, it was so needed. It felt like I'd got to just stop the world for a week. Let me get off. Let me just think some stuff through process for a moment and I did. I came back a lot calmer and just slightly more focused on university. After all, I was in my final year now. But mostly I was losing that need to reassure myself I was still desirable at every available opportunity. Felicity wanted a date. And I'll be honest with you, this seemed like a great idea. Actual dating. Let's all just calm down on a few dates and so we did felicity and i we had a few really good dates lots of fun and i wasn't looking to rush anything at all at this point but when felicity chose our third date to ask how i felt about celibacy within a relationship and i'll be honest i noped the hell out of having to buy that girl a christmas present Don't get me wrong, it could have just been an incredibly good tactic to brush me off, and if so, well played, Felicity, but I wasn't hanging about to find out. So 2002 came to a quiet and undramatic end at home with my parents, with me sat on the internet in the Gaydar Girls' lounge chat room. Home is, of course, where my parents are, But if I'm honest, their houses have never felt like my home since they moved when I was in university. Like those houses are theirs. Like I've never really lived in them. And so holidays like Christmas can feel like kind of odd isolation or displacement. Yeah, there's always a world that I can't be in And it is sometimes kind of weird to feel like a visitor in your parents' home. And I love the internet for that, for allowing me to be somewhere else, even if it is just in my head, even if it isn't a real physical connection. Not to mention how I could be authentically and fully me on the internet. I've never understood why people want to pretend to be somebody else on the internet when you can finally be you. You I just, oh I love that about it. I didn't have to be on my best behavior when I was online. I didn't have to tone my gay down. And escaping into that online community was such a relief at times like Christmas and New Year. Especially the first one after that breakup, And it turned out... It was going to be quite nice to have some people to talk to. Because I was not avoiding that whole stereotypical lesbian ex drama. Though, in fairness, wasn't actually my ex who was the crazy one. It was Claire. Remember Claire? Hmm. Texts me to wish me Happy New Year. According to my diary entry listeners, I was not appreciative of this gesture and I wish she'd just die already apparently. Meanwhile, Rose's parents have also texted me, just checking in, letting me know I was missed and just being as lovely as always. Just the best people and I miss them too. That is, until Rose is on my phone, accusing me of making a malicious phone calls to Claire. Ugh, drama. I mean, it escalates until I end up with Claire on the phone to me, simultaneously telling me that she's sorry and they've worked out who was behind the call she was getting Whilst also telling me not to start any more shit because she knows what I'm like. Oh, if you could see me rolling my eyes even now. I might be guilty of indulging drama at times. Especially if I think it's going to get me laid. But otherwise, mm, I just I don't have a huge amount of time for it. Okay, and especially not with this woman and her fucking white socks. Oh. If I hadn't have been quite so busy on Gaydar Girls trying to get laid, I'd have probably escalated the whole thing a tad more. But as it was, I was busy. And to use the modern vernacular, I was grafting a Northern Arts student who was keeping me up all hours online and by text message. Even back then it seemed impossible to meet women online who lived anywhere near you. Like, it took me like, what, three trains, a bus, a taxi, and most of the day to get to her university. i not gonna lie, she was absolutely worth the trip, but oh my God, it was a heck of a trip like a shed load of effort and i'll be honest my lazy ass used this as an excuse as a way to get out of some of the insinuations i may have made in order to get her into bed did you mean a word you said to me she asked at one point and i did not own my feelings. I just made out like it was all about the distance, completely and conveniently ignoring the fact that I, um, well, I had a date lined up for that Friday. I'd kind of taken some advice on how to handle this whole situation, but had not quite followed it through properly. You see, Northern Art Girl was quite popular with the butchers in the chat rooms. Well, those who were a sucker for a femme anyway. And our dalliance had kind of become common knowledge amongst the lounge regulars. And one or two of these butchers were just a little protective of Art Girl. One in particular took me into a private message and acted like some sort of American dad confronted with the boy his daughter is going to date for the first time. I'm sure if she could have virtually cocked a shotgun, she would have. The other butch, though, was very different. Doc and I had talked plenty before, but only ever as part of the group, you know, in the main room. We had fairly similar tastes in women, but different age ranges. And Doc had always made it known that he'd be open to offering advice. And ah, oh, I just, I didn't know how to handle this whole casual dating situation. I didn't know how to tell Art girl that it was great and all of that, but what it was, was all that it would be. And so I went to Doc. Not kindly, but clearly pointed out the many flaws in the approach I had taken with Art Girl. Telling a woman what she wants to hear to get her into bed is an no And now Doc was telling me I had to be up front. I had to tell her that I didn't want to pursue a relationship. Now I had to communicate my feelings. Don't be ambiguous. Be respectful. Acknowledge or apologise for the things that you did do wrong. And do that sincerely. I may not have executed the advice very well on my first attempt, but Doc had made me see things in a way I'd only glimpsed before and Doc was not backwards in coming forwards nor in telling me exactly how I'd got it wrong. But Doc always took the time to explain why whatever it was could have been done better and how. Doc always found a way to make it relatable or understandable and never ever made me feel like an idiot for asking any questions. I watched Doc's masculinity play out on screen in front of me. He adored and worshiped and respected femmes in a way that made them swoon and made me want to know how he did it. I didn't want to be a lad anymore. I wanted to be the gentleman a femme deserved. I had some ways to go, as art girl would testify. But karma, if you believe in that sort of thing, was about to give me a swift kick in the arse. It's Friday night and the aforementioned date is on the cards. Therefore I am off to meet some random off of the internet. I haven't completely neglected my personal safety. I've planned to head to a party post date, with or without my date, depending on how it goes. And should I not arrive, maybe, just maybe the people I'm meeting should call the police. I grant you woefully inadequate preparations and it is, by luck rather than judgment, I haven't ended up a serial killer's victim. So please, do take your safety seriously when meeting up with randoms off the internet. I'm quite attached to you now. Yeah, I like seeing you listen. Don't go anywhere. Now back then there was no video chatting. You couldn't like verify whether the photos you were seeing were the person you were talking to. You know, it was just photos on a profile, maybe a phone number, and see what you could make out from a voice. Essentially, you are crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. Now, my date and I have arranged to meet at Euston station. So, in the bar there, a fairly sensible public place with many exits. Right? Not completely stupid. And I wander through the bar looking for a woman. I'm looking for blonde shoulder length hair. She's very femme styled in every photo I've ever seen of her. So that's sort of what I'm looking for. Stunning smile as well. I check my watch. I am bang on time. Punctuality is important. I hover by the bar and realise there's a section that I hadn't actually walked through. So I go to take a lap. And as I pass the table, somebody says my name. And I turn round. And I'm confused. The woman at the table, asking if I'm here for a date, has a shaved head. Is dressed like Glastonbury had a half price hippie sale and is also holding a pint of bitter. I should have made use of the exits. I didn't. I had to know how she thought this whole thing was gonna play out. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have been curious. I should have just left it. I should have just gone. No, but I'd turned up expecting a somewhat straight-presenting femme whose profile talked about her job as a PA and her love of white wine. And none of that was really fitting with the picture that was in front of me right now. It turned out that version of this woman existed 10 years ago. But, you know, the photos were so good, she said, she thought she might as well keep them on there. I just... Oh, shook my head. head, in my hands, just what was she thinking? I'll grant you, she still had an absolutely stunning smile. And amazingly, she had that smile on her face as she talked about her life as a prison guard these days and her absolute love of spirituality. As I sat there, I thought to myself, it looks like I am heading to this party solo, and a lot earlier than planned. Now I know I'd spent too long living in England when I found myself apologising to her and making my excuses to leave. There's a party, you see, across town, and you know my friends are expecting me. So you know I, I'm sorry. I'm, I've I've got to go. And she asks me where the party is, and for some reason, I tell her. And would you, Adam and Eve? It. She's only going to the same party. Somebody kill me now! (sighs) Turns out, she works with Felicity. You remember Felicity? Little miss, I'm going to be celibate. But would you like to date me? Yeah, it's her who's invited me along to this party tonight. Mm, The world has never felt smaller to me. Never. And so now, me and my butch prison guard date are off to Notting Hill Arts Club together. How marvelous Mmm, I'm delighted. My date is loud, obnoxious and pretty rude, to be honest with you. And we looked an odd pair, her dress ready for a weekend in a tent and me looking like a lesbian milk tray man. Just a couple of stops on the tube, and my rescue slash escape plan can kick in. We jump on the circle line, and the tube carriage is pretty empty. Just a few very obvious looking tourists. There's an older couple opposite us. Clearly quite well off, but everything about their clothes kind of screams European to me. And I'm thinking Austria, Germany, maybe, you know, quietly giving this couple my own backstory. I don't know if you do that, but I really like to do that when I'm people watching. But it turns out, oh, I didn't need to, because the hippie prison guard has clocked the woman's crocodile leather-looking shoes. And so she just bluntly asks this woman, "Are those crocodile leather shoes. They are indeed crocodile leather, she says in a German accent. Ten points to me, I think. And now the poor woman is being questioned on her animal rights stance and rightly tries to disengage the nutter on the train. My date. Now, she's not getting the reaction she wants. She bellows down the train carriage, I thought it was only the war we weren't supposed to mention. Glassy, oh, glassy, glassy, glassy. I have never wanted the lights to go off in a tube carriage so much as I did in that moment. I am dying of embarrassment by association. Whether it was their stop or not, funnily enough, the German couple exited immediately. The train pulled in. I just, I couldn't put the woman in front of me together with the woman I've been talking to for the last couple of weeks. It wasn't even just the visuals. You know, it just didn't even sound like the same person. The whole thing bemused me. Now, of course, we've arrived to the party early, which means... I can't find a buffer between us just yet and knowing full well that I am about to be very ungentlemanly any second now I'll buy her a drink She tries to say thank you by backing me into a corner and kissing me I actually had to slide down the wall to get out and away from her and I muttered something about seeing somebody I knew and I'd be back in a second, and I practically ran away. Finally, Felicity and her friends showed up. Felicity, thank God, was more than happy to run interference. Turns out she knew my date, wasn't a fan, and her friends agreed to. They were great. They helped keep a distance between the two of us. I mean, there was a close call on the dance floor. My date had spotted me um, and was making a beeline line for me. Felicity's friends going away, and then one of them sort of kind of pulled me into a dance, like real, real close. Like, mm, okay, um, and I think that was enough at that point for my date to take the hint because I didn't see her again, much to my relief. Now my dancing rescuer was called Beth. And oh, she had my gratitude. We drank until the last tube train was long gone. And aside from the rescue dance, we'd done nothing but talk and laugh all night. And as we fell out of the club, Beth announced she was walking home, alone. Nope, not happening, not on my watch. And if she didn't mind, I would very much like to walk her home. She didn't mind. And we walked. We walked all the way down the Bayswater Road, past Hyde Park. We found a little coffee place that was open at 3.30 in the morning and we grabbed something to keep our other hand warm as we walked and talked, holding hands with the other one. The trains weren't gonna start again until half five in the morning, which meant we had about another two hours to kill. So we walked some more. Ended up right near the London Eye. Cuddled up on a bench together. I'd forgotten how cold it was. I'd forgotten about my terrible, awful date. I'd forgotten what else I was supposed to be doing. I just wanted to sit right here and hear everything about her. I could have sat there and listened to her talk until I froze to death. And the world slowly started to wake up and I walked her to her train. With a really restrained, almost chaste kiss on the lips, we said goodnight and good morning all at once. And she told me to call her. Like the last couple of months had all been about one or two nightstands, or even just a quickie in the toilets. All sex and no romance. And I love romance, you know. I, I don't, I don't know why, but I just, I do. And people are often surprised to find out that, as a butch, I am. Oh, I adore a rom-com. I love a romantic gesture. You know, there's, there's romance in so many things and people seem surprised to find that out. But actually, I've often found most butches to be pretty, pretty romantic, um, on some level. Let me know if you disagree, but, you know, I think we're all quite soft on the inside. Well, a lot of us, anyway. Sweeping, generalizations. I love all those old phrases like courting or wooing a woman. You know those things that imply making an effort. I hadn't wanted to do that in such a long while and Oh, thank God Doc was there patiently listening to me gush about how the whole night had been (laughs) faked. It was destiny. You know, I don't know how Doc managed to convey it, but I know he rolled his eyes so hard he feared they may not come all the way back round. (laughs) You know, my romantic optimism always made Doc laugh too. And he knew that this story was just starting, you know. And as if the weekend hadn't already gone pretty well for me. Rose calls me, all heartbroken and upset. Claire's being shipped to Iraq, don't you know, because of that there war. And as you can imagine, listeners, I too was heartbroken. Just, just devastated devastated. I'd love to say that's the last we hear of Claire, but it's not. It's not. So thank you for joining me for chapter 13. You'll have to come back next week for chapter 14 to find out what happens next. That sounds a bit clickbaity, but that's kind of how these things work, isn't it? Come back next week, I'll tell you the next bit. Um, so, we don't feel too bad about saying that. If you have been coming back week after week and enjoying my tales of a well established lesbian, please consider leaving a review wherever it is that you listen. So, if your podcast platform lets you where you subscribe or follow, stick a review on there. If it doesn't let you do that, and you think, Oh, do you know what? I will do a review facebook facebook will let you do a review as well if you'd rather just see some pretty pictures and some lovely quotes then get on over to instagram and follow me there at well established lesbian lastly i am working hard to make sure that transcripts for all episodes are going to be available and signposting to support organizations of various countries will be on my website which is at wellestablishedlesbian.com if there's anything you'd like me to find out and you'd rather i post it in reddit or instagram or facebook or somewhere that you can find and access without causing you any trouble just reach out and let me know otherwise thanks as always for the privilege of your time and you go ahead now you go have yourselves a fantastic week you deserve it